critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon. All right, guys, we are back. Say what? Better than ever, 2018, The Doc yes. G Show. I am your host, Doc G, with me, Dave, Burly Man Berlin, and the Justin Virgin Bat Evangelista. Yo, New Doc. Year. New Year, same bat, oh. same virgin. <laughs> My gosh. New How, Year, new me. Are you guys doing great? Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Glad to be back. Fantastic, fantastic I moods. Missed this. I missed this. <sighs> I missed, I missed the twa. What? I missed you. Hey. You. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. I'm in a fantastic mood. Why? Why are you in such a good mood? I got a new house. Yes! You did. What? That's, that's right. What? That's right. You didn't pretty, tell us. Right. Pretty, yeah. pretty great house. 3,500 square feet, four bedrooms, You're three lying. and a half bathrooms. Nice. You did not do that. Fantastic garage, cocktail lounge. That's right. Jeez. Cocktail lounge. All the amenities. All for one man? I'm talking fancy. It's waterfront. There it is. Look at that. You did pretty not. nice. That is not in Jacksonville. It's pretty yeah. nice, right? It's got easy. Even got a special name, what right? Is it special name? Hmm. The HGTV Dream Home 2018. That is right. Wait, you won that? Wait, what? Well, not yet. Technically what? speaking, it's a it pure formality, guys. I've already entered the sweepstakes twice. Oh. So basically, it's mine. Nope. I mean, you think about that. Just think, if I entered it once. Now I've entered it twice. That's half the odds. I yeah. cut the odds in half yeah. of me winning this house. So basically, it's my house. Nope. Let's just go ahead and look at it. Oh, nice. Mm, so beautiful. nice. So now here's pretty the... Pretty cool. I could see you in there. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Million and a half dollar house. Real nice. Uh, here's the problem, though. Aside from people saying that I haven't won it yet. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem, because I'll totally win it. Nope. The problem, it's in Seattle. Yeah. Ew. Wait. Yeah. It's expensive over there. Pretty, hey, you don't Who need to ooh my in? new city. Who all right. Wants to live you know, in it's three thousand fifteen miles away we from did. Jacksonville. It's a bit far away from Jacksonville. I can't make that drive. So yeah. So the here's show. the conundrum: Should we move the show to Seattle, hmm. or should I buy a helicopter and commute every day from the dream home? Well, buy a helicopter. Okay. No, no, or that, or we live in. You have enough bedrooms. We can just live with you. Okay. For free. True. For, for free. free. It has okay. to be for free. Yep. Now, uh, two things about that. One thing, the helicopter. I know you're thinking, why don't you go? It's a pretty cool helicopter. With an airplane. Mm. Well, helicopters just look cooler. Yeah. That, that. Yes. That's ba. That's awesome. Now I'd have to refuel three times. Oh. But aside from that, it's okay. I checked out the mileage on this guy. I'd have to refuel three times. So I'd have to find helicopter gas stations. On the way no big to deal. Seattle, but it's okay. Be pretty easy. Um, second thing, if we move to Seattle, we're going to have to start a new fan base. Because I checked it out this past week, we had zero listeners from Seattle. Come on, hey. Seattle, pick it up. Just to put that in perspective, we had six listeners from Sweden. Ooh. That's right. Was there, Six from was there a dream house in Sweden? Thank you, Sweden. That's right. Thank you for your support. We nice. appreciate it. Thanks, Swedes. Yeah. But so just so you know, we can do either. I want you guys to think about it. Put it on the back burner. Come back to me with some ideas. And uh, once the giveaway ends, which will be February 16th, that's when HGTV will come 
to my current and abode let, and, let and be know. like, hey, you, you won, won house. this house because you entered twice. I mean, I'm pretty sure nobody put the effort in to, to vote more than once. I did it once last year. Yeah, see? I, I did Right? Win. I twice. I haven't. Twice. You so I'm going to win it. GTV then. Yeah. Dang it. I guess we didn't. I guess we know who's not white in this room. Wait, what? Justin. That's who. Jeez. That's right. Me and Dave being super <laughs> white. <laughs> super white. <laughs> oh, God. Guys, are you ready to fire up the show? It's already Me. fired up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, you white people. <laughs> A blazing hot white fire. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. All right. We are going to start the show where we start it. Which would be birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Here we go. Born January 10th, 1949 in Marshall, Texas. Grew up in the Fifth Ward in Houston. Our birthday suit wearer had a troubled youth. Dropped out of high school at the age of 15. Took a job in the Job Corps. Moved to California. With the encouragement of a supervisor, he started to train as a boxer in 1968, won a gold medal for the heavyweight boxing division. 1973, won the heavyweight title by beating Joe Frazier. During that fight, you had the memorable call, down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier, that Howard Cosell did, if you've ever heard that, hopefully yes. you have. Down With a record, 40-0, and 0, he lost the title to Muhammad Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle. He oh. regained it two more times. Hmm. Who is it? I know. It's, uh, what you call it? It's uh, Foreman, baby. George, George Foreman. Foreman. Good call. Also yes. had oh, a grill. Oh, he made a grill. That's the last one. Oh, I did. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I've been reading along I, I was him. going with you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I Rumble in the Jungle. Made yeah, I a remember. grill that was pretty popular. There's George. He is up. I ended his career 76 and 5. Jeez. 76 and 5. That's and you know, impressive. now he's, he's you know, a bald old dude that's sort of pudgy and yeah. everybody finds him very nice, you know, and he's always smiling. But I mean, back in the day, in 74, when he was 40 and 0, mm. that dude was frightening. I mean, he was intense. He was he was is a he in the red train. He's in the red there. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fight He's him. He's an intense man. I don't want to fight him now. No. 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 Well, I mean, mm. you know, that's another super impressive thing about George Foreman. 93 when he was 44 years old, he won Still the heavyweight fighting. title again. Wow. He made a comeback 20 years after the first time he won it. And retained it for four years. That's and then impressive. after that, he said, I'd make millions off a of grill. Yeah, he said, yeah. you know what? Let's fall back on the grill. I'm going to cut the grease in half. Woo! I just drink it. What? I just, I just take that little, the little container pan. thing? Oh. No, don't. I don't really That's do, do it. That's the secret. God, That's, you're going to die early. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know what we're going to do right now? Because I'm so excited about our guest. I'm going to play some music right now. I'm ready to get into some music. Let's Whoa, get right funky. now. Let's, let's go. Let's hear some music from our special guest, I the Mighty. We're going to hear Chaos in Motion. Keep it locked on the Doc G Show. Well, I say we start again, far from this cold apartment. Find what it is to be you. I won't let them find you, no way. I look around. And we are back here on the Doc G Show, first show of the year. And of course, because it's the first show of the year, 
we had to do what we do, and that's invite none other than Claude, fly till I die, Lathan. Claude, how's it going? Hmm. Great, man. Happy to be back on the show. Happy New Year to everybody. I hope that, uh, you know, y'all's resolutions come true and yeah, it yeah. all works out for you. They already Happy have. They already have. I want a house. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's coming. What? Don't worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. I cemented my whiteness, and I want a house. So there you go. Don't question it, Claude. It's fine. Hmm. Uh, Claude, we generally have you on the show to discuss basketball, correct? That is correct. Mm-hmm. Basketball is a sport, right? Hmm. You could say that. Okay, good. How does Stephen A. Smith get so angry talking about sports? He's always <laughs> angry. Literally. He is an emotional human being. I actually saw him uh, speak a few years ago. Terrific public speaker. Did he yell but at he, everyone um, when he was speaking? <laughs> he was not an angry public speaker. He was very happy, very encouraging. I actually uh, left that um, feeling like I was just capable of taking on the world as far as the sports go I, I don't understand how he can get so worked yeah. up in situations exactly literally every single sports talk uh, topic he talks about it's like he's talking about how somebody burned his house down and peed in his mailbox he's like what just so <laughs> ang- literally there's no sports topic that he's like you know what i'm indifferent on this yeah. i don't really care or that he agrees with the other guy like i mean you- i like him for the most part but overall i mean He's got two tones. He's got really outspoken, yelling, angry, and then he's got like that cool, laid back yeah, he, demeanor. And if you, know. you ever listen to his show, he just switches them back and forth. It's like <laughs> it's just one, two, and like I'm like, there's nothing like it could be like a Seattle Mariners pitcher that you've never heard of, and he's like, I can't believe they traded him, and you're just like, what? <laughs> why do you even care about that guy? Like, huh? doesn't matter. He's passionate about everyone and everything. And then he said, I was actually listening to his show the other day, and he said, he was like, people don't think I act like this in real life. Well, guess what? I act like this in real life. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to live beside you then. I hope you're not in Seattle. Nope. Jeez. Oh, man. If you didn't know, if the uh, listeners just tuned in and didn't know who we were speaking about, you could also think we were referring to LeVar Ball in that statement. Yeah, probably so. Uh, That's very true. Sure. But here's, here's a definer. Did you know, guys, that Stephen A. Smith was on General Hospital. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. General Hospital. And fun fact, on Instagram, he follows nothing but ESPN shows and General Hospital. Nice. That's it. (laughs) And I was like, really? Really, Stephen A., you couldn't branch out, do something else besides those two? You have to follow who who gave you that shine. That's actually... He's been very very outspoken about how he loves his soap operas. Yeah, apparently. Apparently he does, which is a bit odd. Hmm. But he's a dramatic uh, guy. You know, he he's passionate, and he can convince a lot of people about a lot of things sports-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, but can. but I got to be honest. I think Claude, he can do it in a more convincing way. You know, I oh, appreciate yeah. Claude because he does it without a bunch of yelling and antics. You know what I mean? Smooth. My excitement's on a little lower level. Yeah, but you're convincing. You're, you could darn near convince anyone of anything basketball-wise, you know? Yes! My, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, my roommate, he is not a basketball fan at all. Um, and I've actually gotten him very, you know, he's, he's kind of educated now since we've lived together for about two and a half years on, 
on uh, on the games. I, I've forced him to watch a few, but most of the time he'll actually watch them on his own now, so that's kind of reassuring. Very nice. Well, you know what? I want to test it out. I want to test out. Ooh. See how convincing Claude is. Let's get a totally random caller on the line nope. and see what kind of question they have for Claude and see if Claude can convince them of whatever Claude's thinking, whatever his first, mind first is. First caller in, in show history. <laughs> this whatever pops up. This is crazy. Big yeah, time. this is this is new new Doc G info right here. I'm going to get him on the line here. Hurry. Okay, all right. We've got uh, Todd. Todd on the line from Saginaw, Mission, uh, Michigan. Todd, you there? Hmm. Hey, Claude. Big fan. I've also been a big fan of the Detroit Pistons my whole life. And I think we need an all-star shooting guard. I mean, Reggie Bullock. Todd, Todd, let me break in here and say I can tell that you do not need to cheer for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, that color blue is all types wrong for you, my man. Yes. I'd say cheer for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, being a Southeast guy, I'd, I'd say they're pretty good. Uh, the Hornets' primary color is teal, and the secondary color is light blue. And uh, I think that would bring out the color of your eyes just a little bit more, and you'll be a far happier fan, Todd. Hmm. You know, I've never, never thought of it in that way. You're totally right, though. Thanks, Claude, and go Hornets. You know what? Wow. Very nice. Wow. Wow, Claude. That is amazing, man. What can I say? Just convincing people of things. Am I right? That was amazing. Natural. Natural talent. Man, just totally off the dome. I think he'd be a much better, uh, happier fan with the Hornets uh, rooting for them. I mean, who wants to root for the Pistons in that color blue? You convinced me. That was the first call ever in the history of the Doc G show. Completely unsolicited, too. I have no idea who Todd from Saginaw, Michigan is. Nope. Completely. Yeah. Nope. Uh, thanks for calling in, man. That was, a, that was a great question, but I had to cut you off. Okay, guys. So, after that amazing call by Todd and your convincing words, Claude, I want to talk about the yeah. NBA in detail. The NBA's heating up, man. It's getting hot. We're almost halfway through the season. What? You know how this goes, guys. I give the softballs to Claude. I give the real heat to the bat and burly man over here. Lego. Claude, are you ready? Hey, make him light on me today. All right, here we go. First question. I know you're a believer that Cleveland will make it once again to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who should they fear more being uh, a meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals, Boston or Detroit, uh, or Toronto? So uh, out of the two teams, I'm, I'm going to say Boston. I think Kyrie is going to give Cleveland fits, and, and here's why. Um, the Boston, for them, injuries haven't really derailed them. Surprising. They're capable of winning big games with big plays. You see uh, the other night with Marcus Smart and James Harden in that Houston game. Mm-hmm. They've beaten Cleveland already. Uh, and then Al Horford and Kyrie have been kind of like a steady, uh, very efficient combo. Toronto, uh, their deep bench is real surprising. And actually, Serge Ibaka is back, man, at Blocka, averaging 1.5 blocks a game. But I, I think Boston's got that one. Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Do you agree, Justin? Yeah, okay. I, I think so. Okay, Justin, here we go. <laughs> Nico Miritic said one of his favorite things I to saw eat this. is mayonnaise and jelly sandwiches. What? Why is he disgusting? Yeah! I don't know, but I think that's why uh, Portis punched him in the face. Yeah. To be honest. Had yeah. to be. He forced he his team to eat it. that disgusting sandwich. That's gross, sandwich. man. Ew. Oh. No, and did you see he made them eat a... Uh, 
orange juice and Oreos. That one I can handle what? a little bit more yeah, than this one. I could do that. Uh, yeah, no. that one's a little bearable. That this one's just gross. Gnarly. Anyways, Claude, new format for the All-Star game on February 18th. No East versus West. Girl, come on. We've just got two captains. Jeez. Two captains, the two highest fan vote getters. Uh, what do you think of this format, Claude? Hmm. I like it a lot, actually. Uh, we need more competitive All-Star games, like back when Magic and Jordan would turn it on in the late third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely slacked off these high-scoring, fast-paced dunkathons. That's just not what the All-Star game should be about. And, you know, you think about maybe if who the winner, should they get some type, type of incentive or something like in uh, the MLB, if you win, then you get home field advantage later in the playoffs. I, I, I don't know, but I like the changes, and I think it'll definitely help for the future. Come on, Claude. We almost broke 200 last game. Don't be a rainer on the parade of high scoring. It's um, fun. Hey, it's not all about the points. I want to see the best of the best go at each other. The only time we get to see that is when they play on the same team in the Olympics. And that's not even all, you know, it's not 14 guys. That's true. Um, 14, but, uh, excuse me, 24 guys. So I I would actually, I, I just want to see some really good competitive basketball. Like, I know you're a Jordan fan and remember those days. Mm-hmm. Real, real quick, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Claude sent me his list of all-stars. Mm-hmm. And I read it wrong and thought he sent me a <laughs> list of all of his MVP picks. And I was like, holy crap. He's got 24 people here for MVP. That's a lot. That's a lot of MVPs. What's going on? It's quite we're weird. We're like Kevin Love for MVP. Ex- really? Really exactly. competitive I race. I was confused. Dave. Yes. If you were one of the captains this year mm-hmm. for the All-Star team, mm-hmm. out of last year's All-Star game, who would you choose last? Oh, hmm. Gordon Hayward. Oh, Gordon Hayward. Sorry, I think, Gordon Hayward. I think, I think, I think he would play well one-legged against everybody if everyone played one-legged. What? But <laughs> so you're saying the injured Gordon Hayward? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But if it, if he was no healthy, games on the season. All right. If he was healthy, um, Kyle, uh, Paul Millsap. Oh, he can. Paul Millsap. I mean, there's. You know, they're a bunch of all-stars. I don't need a rebounding machine when everyone's going to be making shots. So That's going to hurt Paul Millsap when he Sorry, Paul. the show. Yeah, Sorry, Paul. Upset. <laughs> Claude, they're playing right after our show tonight, OKC in Minnesota. Right now, in a best-of-seven playoff series, who's winning, Minnesota or OKC? Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the thunder. Uh, man, they, they really gelled really well together as of late uh, mm-hmm. when you look at the lineups and you want to like compare player by player uh, the Thunder kind of have a 3-2 to two advantage the two being uh, Jimmy Butler and Cat and for the Timberwolves but that, that's gonna if that was a series that would be really exciting you got five total all-stars in the series and possibly seven if Cat and Wiggins make it and you know Cat should have been an all-star in my opinion last year but that, that would be a real fun series but I think with the way the Thunder have gelled I'm, I'm gonna take them and very nice as I've heard, they've got their pecking order together. Sweet. Westbrook. Hey, Mello Mello has finally learned he can't score 25, 24 a game. He's got to go out and get 18 a game, just like some players like Kevin Love had to take that third role. Uh, Chris Bosh, you just have to do it sometimes. It's always sad for the third-place guy until they get a ring and they don't care. <laughs> yep. All right, Justin, here we go. Pop quiz. 
Who is more man pretty, hmm. JJ Redick or Serge Ibaka? Dude, JJ, man, you gotta go with JJ. Wow, like that was quick on the trigger. <laughs> look at him that. over there, though, Serge Ibaka. He's, Ibaka, he's got a, he's yeah, got a Ibaka, man. Dude, Ibaka is a very clean guy, but dude, JJ, man, like even my girlfriend says this guy is hot as heck. So I mean, he, okay. has, he has the swag. Is that insulting to you? Maybe. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Hey, my my sister. I have to say, we were watching an NBA game like two years ago. It was just on TV. And uh, JJ pops up, and my sister hadn't seen him since he played at Duke, and she was like, yeah. "Is that JJ Reddick?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I, I, you know, I would have to go with JJ on JJ on this one too. Well, real quick, I gotta say, are JJ Reddick and Baker Mayfield like brothers? Oh, <laughs> did I miss somebody pointing this out? Because they look extremely similar. Yeah, that's they, just they about, could definitely be related. Okay, so we now know JJ Reddick more man pretty. Got it. Okay, Claude. Philadelphia right on the playoff cusp right now. They're in eighth. Are you trusting the process? Hmm. I am going to trust the process, and mm. here's why. Because it's hard to eliminate them. They're 19 and 19. They own the tiebreaker with Indy right now. At, they're 19 and 19 as well. But Victor Oladipo, he has been huge. But I'm sorry, I don't think that's going to last for team success the entire season. Uh, individual success, maybe he definitely deserves an all-star nod to get them where they have been. New York's in the 10th spot, a game and a half back. They're not going to make it because it's New York. Sorry, KP. Mm. And then you're looking at Miami, Milwaukee, and Detroit in the next three spots. So out of those teams, I think Indiana and New York fall out and Philly takes that eighth spot. Very nice. Trusting the process. Good stuff, yeah. Dave. Yes. Pop quiz. Oh, crap. How many former All-Stars are on the Cleveland roster? Hmm. Ooh. Bron, Good Kilo, question. Dwayne Wade. I'm going to say eight. Six. Oh. Six former All-Stars. Corver, Wade, LeBron, oh, Isaiah right. Thomas, Derrick Rose, and when... Kevin Love. Wasn't it like all the Hawks on... Hawks yeah, there were a lot of Hawks. They were like, you know, they had like four of the, the five. starting lineup. Right? They were like the East Coast Spurs at that yeah. point. Nah. Yeah. The, yeah, the Spurs of, of the East for sure. Exactly. All right, Claude. At the end of November, LeBron James got ejected what? for arguing with a ref. <laughs> Are you an old man like myself that thinks NBA players argue too much with refs and should stop? Hmm. Uh, in most cases, for sure. Uh, Speaking of Kyle Korver, he said that when you aren't on LeBron's team, you think he cries too much. Speaking of his Atlanta days, they had some playoff battles. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you play, he said when you play with him every night, you're like, man, this guy doesn't get any calls. So most of the time, I say just play and get back on D. But um, there are some times where I could see that a guy of, of his size would get you know hit pretty hard and it might not get called. But it's the NBA, you know, man up. Yeah, there we go. Okay, Justin. Pop quiz. Are you ready? Hi. Wait, what? How, how many former All-Stars are on the Orlando roster? Hmm. <laughs> wait, is there any? Hmm. Oh, What's wait. Hold, answer? hold on. Former All-Stars. Okay. Uh, dude, I can't. I don't think there is. Zero. Yeah. The answer is zero. Goes a little ways in explaining their 30% winning percentage. Hey, they did start the season strong. True. Mike Charette, Suck. if you're listening, I'm not doubting his prediction. I still <laughs> believe him that they're going to make it to the finals. I believe in you, Mike. Yes! Oh, right. man. Claude, so far, we've only got to see the combination of Isaiah Thomas and LeBron James a couple of times. Hasn't been the smoothest on-court relationship. Do you think they get to the level that Kyrie and LeBron were at? Hmm. 
I mean, were the 2004 Lakers that great before the playoffs? Did the Heatles take time to gel? Uh, look at this year's OK3. Um, so they might not have the time to be as good as LeBron and, and Kyrie were because of the free agency coming up. They definitely have time to gel throughout the rest of the season and get ready for the playoffs. I, I, I mean, there's still a team to beat in the East, and you can't really argue that adding an all-star is a bad thing. So I, I say they gel and do well. But as far as them you know, going to the finals and both of them pretty much dropping 40 points per game in every elimination game together, I don't know if I can see that happening. It's true, very true. Dave, are you ready? Yes, sir. Steven Jackson recently came out and said this. he smoked marijuana throughout his whole career. Wait, what? Do you think this is what helped him win Trash Talker of the Year award in the Big Three? Or did he win the award in spite of the weed? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, he wasn't really known for his trash talk too much in an NBA playing mm-hmm. days. Maybe because he was too high and you know, kind of got quiet. <laughs> yeah. So he took the big three way more seriously. Didn't got it. smoke he as much. He backed off a little bit. So Just he could... used it for therapy. Yep. Got it. Claude. Recently, there has been a lot of talk about the NBA expanding to 32 teams. One in Mexico City, one in Seattle. Do you think this would be good for the NBA? Hmm. Yeah, uh, Seattle needs a basketball team. I mean, plain and simple. I just had this uh, conversation with a, a friend the other day, and um, it's a shame that um, Oklahoma City refuses to retire the Seattle jersey, even though they're from that, you know, the same franchise. Yeah. Uh, you've got guys like Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. They deserve to be up there. Ray Allen, maybe even Rashard Lewis. Sean uh, Kemp, one of the few jerseys that I had beside a Michael Jordan jersey. Oh, nice. True oh, very nice. Yeah. Player. Player. Mm-hmm. You know, we already have a team in, in Canada, so why not explore more opportunities? That is true. And uh, I think we've, we've had exhibitions in Mexico City, so that would be a good one as well. Let's go south of the border. All right, Justin. Hi. True or false? Is uh, LeVar Ball is the founder of the NBA? I saw that. According to Google, it's true. For about a day, it was. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. That Who was did awesome. that? He put in NBA founder, and the algorithm was... threw up LeVar Ball. Look at his smile. He's pretty excited about it. Yeah. He's pretty excited about being the founder. Did you see? Uh... Actually, there's no real founder of the no. NBA. It just sort of came together. Claude, last question. Hmm. Warriors, are they still the team to be? <laughs> Yeah, period. Wow. Done. Put a bow on it. Claude said so. Believe it. <laughs> a bow. Yeah, because it's done. It's tied and Wrapped stuff. Up. And I like it. I mean, that, that, there's not much more you can say about it than yes. Yep, very true. All right, we're going to bring back a uh, segment we haven't done in a while, guys. One question. Let's go. That's right. This is where mm. we bring in an imaginary person, and we each ask them one question that we want to ask this person. Who is it today? Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, coming in. Your door doesn't make a sound. No, it doesn't make a squeaky sound. Big Cat. Dang it. Too much of WD-40. All right, so Big Cat is the person we were going to ask some questions for. Uh, Dave, what's your question? Yeah, so uh, speaking of imaginary, you know, person being here today, did a little research. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Cat's got an imaginary buddy. He does. Yeah. What? He uh, he said it really helped him in his in his uh, Kentucky days. It's his biggest fan on the court, so he, he gives him a lot of praise. I want to know what's the, like the worst advice that his imaginary friend has given him to do. Does, like, what's the the bad thing that he's told you to do? Does his imaginary friend have a name? 
Carlito. Carlito with a K. With a K. Very interesting. Wow. Carlito Anthony Towns. That's a little. That's peculiar. I'm not saying it's bad. Just interesting. That's a cartoon waiting to happen. New uh, Facebook series. Exactly. All right. What's wrong with having an imaginary friend? I know you've got lots of them, Justin. Four. Four. Wow. They're in my square. He's got a starting five. That was that was too fast to not be true. Four. 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 Give me the question. Justin, what's your question for Carl Anthony All right, Towns? so this man's a part of like the evolving big man uh, position in the NBA. I want to know uh, who's tougher to guard, KP or the process? Ooh. You know? Good, good question. question. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. I, I think I'd say the process. Ooh, you think that so? That would be me. Did you see, I think uh, they both did have you their... see um, Nurkic from Portland's assessment on him about how he wants to be more famous than a great player? No, well, mm. I wouldn't. I, I'm not surprised by that. He likes being famous. Yeah. That is the process. Uh, Claude, what's your question for for Cat? Hmm. You know, I I appreciate individual accolades just as much as team success. I think they go hand in hand in a lot of ways. So I would ask, are you bummed for playing all 82 games, putting up 25 and 12 last season, and you didn't make the All Star team or the All NBA team? Yeah, slighted. Very slighted. I would say he would feel slighted, but yeah. for uh, keeping up his appearance, he'd act like he didn't feel yeah. slighted. He'd be like, oh, no, it didn't really bother me. Team winning, that's what I'm all about. He's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My last question for Carl Anthony Towns. How does it feel knowing that the people at Jack Link's Jerky made you taller than Sasquatch? What? You're actually taller than Sasquatch in the commercials. That's impressive. <laughs> Like what? Jeez, that I means never noticed like that. you were some kind of super freak. Like if you're Monster. taller than Sasquatch, or Bigfoot's just a punk. Yeah, one of the two. Like how does that? <laughs> how does that feel, man? That's my question. Well, Carl Anthony Towns, thanks for fake being here. We really appreciated it, man. That was nice of him being fake take, here. Nice to take his time out and come I know. over here. Yeah. Taking his fake well, time. Well, welcome fake back anytime, Carlito. Exactly. Carlito can come <laughs> next time. Very true. I thought he was here. Hmm. All right, Claude, do you want to stick around for the birthday suit? Yeah. Why not? Let's do it, my man. Okay, here we go. go. Here we go. Born in North London. On January 10th, 1945, our birthday suit wearer was the youngest of five children. Favorite pastime was making model trains. High school, he turned his attention to soccer, where he's a standout player. But while he loves soccer, also a big fan of music. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer left school at the age of 15 and then started playing in a band in 1964 as the singer and harmonica player. He then joined the Jeff Beck group in 1967, and then in 1969 he became a solo singer. He made hit songs throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s like Do You Think I'm Sexy, Maggie May, Hot Legs, Forever Young, Have I Told You Lately, Mandolin Wind, and Ooh La La. Hmm. I know it, man. Is that Neil Young? Not <laughs> Neil Young. I know it. Uh, it's my, one of my dad's favorite artists of all time. Who is it? Rod Stewart, baby. Boom! Oh. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. I thought it was Neil, too. Yeah, it's Rod Stewart. Do nice. you think I'm sexy? Yeah, man. <laughs> loved, loved one of my favorite uh, singers as well. He loved Sam Cooke. He looked yeah. up to Sam oh, Cooke his whole career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Makes a lot of good jams. I was listening. He does. I was listening to a little uh, Rod before I came in today, actually. I'm going to listen to some Rod on my way That's out That's why you're here. in a good mood. I like Always it. Always worth it. 
Very true. Well, Claude, I want to thank you for being on the show once again, man. It's been a pleasure. Yes! Always a pleasure. Uh, each time's like the first time. I'm oh, man. Feels like the first time. Forever young. Give it to me, Justin. You know you want to sing it. Forever young. No, no, I meant feels like the first time. Oh, come on. Feels like that, the first time. There we go. Uh -huh. Okay, now he, he's saying he's saying forever young. So I, I know, be, but I he, know. but but Claude said feels like the, it, it's not important. Anyways, what? we're gonna hear one more song from our guest before we bring him out here. We are gonna hear the Degenerates by I the Mighty. Here we go. Keep it locked on the Doc G Show. Alright, welcome back to the show everybody. Right now we've got a tremendous guest from the band I the Mighty. We've got none other than lead singer Brent Walsh. Brent, how is 2018 treating you so far? Hmm. So far, so good, man. Very kind nice. Of, uh, kind of hanging out, writing some music. There we go. Nice lazy start to the year. It's been cool. I hear it, man. Uh, uh, I noticed uh, one in a recent interview, and then on your Instagram, you had two different sets of New Year's resolutions. The first one I saw in the interview was that you wanted to keep on track with your vegetarian diet and take some vocal lessons. And then the second one was you wanted to better yourself and strengthen relationships. How are both of those resolutions going so far? They're they're going good. They're going good. Um, I'm still doing the veggie thing. Sweet. I broke for Christmas, but I've, I've kind of uh, I decided right like at the very beginning of, of this diet, I kind of decided that I was never going to be like a Nazi about it. Yeah. And, you know, if someone if someone was cooking me food, I, I was going to be rude. And um, so you know, I'm bas I basically just don't buy meat. Uh, okay. Which is, which is good enough for me. Understand. So my mom made like you know a big you know turkey and stuffing and stuff for a Christmas dinner. I wasn't gonna not eat it. Nope. I gotcha. I gotcha, man. Well, I also noticed for New Year's, you stayed in the oldest functioning hotel in California. Say what? Yeah, yeah. They, they treat it like an Airbnb now. It's actually really cool. Um, it wasn't even that expensive. We had like we got a group of like 20, 22 of us to go. Mm -hmm. So with a bunch of people, it, it ends up being really cheap. I think it was like it was a little like 70 bucks a night per person or something. Um, but we rented it out for a couple of nights and uh, but kind of the story behind that is the the first song on our new album is mm -hmm. called Degenerates, mm -hmm. and I wrote it on New Year's last year about the same group of people that we all went to this hotel with. Um, basically, just like my group of friends, we were referred to each other as the Degenerates, mm -hmm. and uh, we thought it would be cool to to do something like what we did last year, which was we just like rented a cabin out in the woods, um, but kind of step it up. And mm -hmm. then my buddy John found this insane old hotel. And uh, it's cool. Luckily, we, we uh, kind of made a good relationship with the people that run it. And we're definitely going to go back because the whole area is just so old and so interesting. It's like a, it was like one of the main hubs for, for the gold rush era for, for gold mining. Mm -hmm. So there's just like so much history in that little town. It's really interesting. Well, I noticed in your caption on Instagram, you said it's definitely haunted. What? Did you like, did a ghost visit you in the middle of the night or what, what happened there? Jeez. Uh, well, so... 
okay. So this is going to sound pretty out there because it is pretty <laughs> out there. Um, my friend Eden, who is pretty out there, uh-huh. uh, considers herself a medium. Mm. And we were there that first night and she she was like, yeah, there's definitely like a little girl's presence in this upstairs bedroom for sure. Mm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then we started looking into it after that. So we, we started looking up uh, like interviews and um, looking up reviews and there are a few people who have seen a little girl in that upstairs bedroom hmm. what uh, and then there's a there's a really interesting interview uh, on YouTube of the, the lady who I don't know if she's the current owner or if she's the owner before the current owner but she was kind of doing a walkthrough with this family and she was she was talking about her own experiences and she had heard a little girl on the staircase and then her daughter stayed in the upstairs bedroom and, and saw this little girl and then there was another she had like another medium over at the house who said that they felt the presence of a little girl in the room but i just thought it was really interesting that that my friend eden said that and then we looked into it afterwards and yeah. found all this information i was like okay weird so i slept <laughs> in that room to try to see something but unfortunately did not see it well I, well speaking of uh, of good trips like your new year's trip i also noticed that you you make a, a yearly ritual trip to burning man right i do yeah. yeah how how did burning man go for you uh this year uh i mean it's it's great every year this year was definitely one of the better years we uh We've done it. I mean, the, my first year was like a small group of like eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really simple and fun. And you kind of don't, you know, the first year is really, really unique and special just because it's like such a crazy, weird, unique experience that, you know, it's, it hits you so hard that first year. But, yeah. So this last year, we kind of simplified things. We just went in a crew of like 12 of our, our closest friends. And uh, it was really, really fun. Now, I, I've, I've done a couple of stories about Burning Man on the show, but... I've never, I, I, I don't, I, I still don't really know what goes down at Burning Man. What, what, what goes on? What's, what's the, the general idea and purpose behind it? Um, is it okay to curse on this? Yeah, show? go for it. Okay, it's essentially like a f- the man thing. It's like where it started from. Like okay. The concept. If you really want to know a lot about it, I actually wrote like a four thousand word excerpt about it on my. Uh, my blog on oh, my Tumblr. There we go. Uh, so if you want to just look up my Tumblr, um, we'll do it. Brent Walsh. Um, so there's a long excerpt about it on there. It's essentially it's like an arts festival. A lot of mm-hmm. people think it's like a music festival. It's not really a music festival, though. There is a lot of EDM music there, um, and and like live bands, and I've seen jazz bands, and uh, there's this really awesome funk band called Five Alarm Funk that I saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's essentially like an art and expression festival. There's insane artwork out there and then a lot of them just burn it to the ground at the end of the week and it's almost like the idea behind it is to not hold on to things nice um when the man burns every year it's always this it's a pretty it's a pretty unique experience um having eighty thousand people all kind of celebrating their week this like week of complete freedom and like unabashed socialness essentially like you should be able to walk up to any crew of people at any time and just spark up a conversation and uh for the most part that's been my experience there just a bunch of people who are having like the best time of their lives and and are interested in meeting new people and interesting conversations it's kind of a lot it's kind of a lot to try to explain in, in a matter of a few sentences i can probably ramble on about it for 30 minutes, but. <laughs> well give me give me a taste of the most unique thing that you've seen at burning man that was one a, a thing that you said wow I wouldn't see that at my neighborhood Starbucks. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll I'll just point out some things that are really cool. I think my my first year, 
I was at the man. I was looking at the man with a group of friends. We were just kind of like walking around it. Mm-hmm. And up comes like three or four hundred people in carrot costumes hmm. from one angle. And then like 500 people in rabbit costumes <laughs> from the other angle. What? And they all, they're like charging towards each other. And it's this big like Game of Thrones battle at the man. Just rabbits versus carrots. Oh man, I'm gonna say just, the rabbits the had to have won. Oh, I don't even remember, but it was just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I could see um, that. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. It's an open bar every 15 feet. So Very nice. Pretty fun. Well, interestingly enough, you know, you actually just brought up how you wrote the song the the uh, Degenerates. Um, mm-hmm. There was I was actually reading a review of the album. Uh, from a journalist, Lindsay Walsh, and she was actually speculating that you were writing that song about your friends from Burning Man. Uh, uh, I mean, that's that's essentially what it's about. That that crew of people are the same crew that I go to Burning Man with. Yeah. They're essentially just my my closest friends. But yeah, I wrote Degenerates on New Year's last year at the cabin, is where I wrote a majority of that song. Very nice. So it, it only kind of felt right to go out and do something with the same crew this year. Yeah. And I think the initial idea was to get a bunch of video footage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have a, I have a few friends that are videographers and, and very talented, so very nice. the idea initially was to go out and get a bunch of video footage and kind of like just cut together a video for it. Nice. I don't know if we got enough footage or not to, to make something really interesting, so I'm not sure if that's actually going to pan out or not, but... We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, speaking of the band, uh, let's let's talk about the, uh, about the band right now. You guys have been out for ten years now. You, Ian, Chris, and Blake. Uh, you guys have consistency. I mean, making it ten years, four studio albums, keeping the exact same lineups got to be tough. Why do you guys work so well as a band together? Um, I think. I think we're all just very genuinely close as friends first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with a lot of bands, especially bands that have turnover, it's like, you know, you're brought in because you know somebody or because you're a talented musician. But uh, Ian and I have known each other since third grade. Um, Chris, we had known for a few years and and uh, gotten to know him like really close as a friend before we brought him in. And, and Blake's just like the sweetest guy you've ever met. So we, uh, we all just get along really really well and we gel really really well as people um which is not to say that we don't argue or bicker because we do a lot especially when it comes to the music that we write Mm -hmm. but i also think that's what helps us write such unique music as i is we all just like we break everything every single part of every song is is put through the absolute ringer by the Mm -hmm. time it makes the record and we've probably all argued about every part of every song by the time it actually gets laid down but um as grueling as that process can be i think it it shapes it shapes the songs in a cool way and it makes for a better product overall definitely definitely well let's let's talk about the the most latest album you guys came out with just this past year where the mind wants to go where you let it um it's only been out since october How's how's the reception been to the new album so far? It's been really good, man. We were we were a little nervous for. I mean, we we love it, so we knew we knew putting it out that whatever happens, like we were really proud of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is a different step from um, some of the the prior stuff we've done. There's very very little screaming. Uh, there's a little more little more of like a pop influence and uh some more synths and stuff than we've done 
so we were a little worried about how our core fan base would react um and i think the initial reaction upon first week was like oh what is this it's different but then after like a week had gone by and people had given it more than you know one spin it was like oh this is my favorite record Sweet. i've seen a lot of uh a lot of our really hardcore fans consider this their favorite record which which says a lot when we've been around for so long and have so much material out so um yeah the response has been really really good and uh we've got some radio interest for chaos in motion for the first time so we're going to be kind of delving into you know alternative radio world Definitely. at the beginning of this year so uh it's going really well well uh so i noticed in one interview you said in, in a general sense it's a softer record and and mainly you just mean by taking less of the screaming uh you know uh, approach just sort of in the rock approach it's a softer record hmm. yeah i mean there's it's kind of we've been trending that direction probably since our inception really i mean if you if you look at our first full-length satori that's a pretty post-hardcore progressive mm -hmm. rock record um connectors progressive in its own right but it's not you know not with a, a bunch of crazy time schemes and there's a lot there's nothing super post-hardcore and heavy although there's a couple songs that kind of lean that direction yeah um and i think with this record you know there's one there's like one or two songs that that could have been on either of those records um, but for the most part, you know, we we wanted to explore a new sound. We wanted to we, we wrote essentially a ton of songs and mm -hmm. then just figured out which ones we actually felt strongest about. And they happened to be um, on the softer side. We wrote plenty of really, you know, heavy and progressive songs for this record, too. But when we started mapping it all out and figuring out, OK, what songs contain the best songwriting, what songs have, you know, the strongest melodies and, and really good hooks. And uh, what we found is that these songs kind of collected together the best which yeah. is saying which is saying something considering that it's still a pretty eclectic record i mean if you listen to it from beginning to end there there are a lot of different oh, yeah. styles and sounds on it which has been you know that's been part of our band since its inception and i'm sure it will continue to be we all we, all four of us write so i think when when there's not one single songwriter and the four of us are all writing um especially because the four of us all have different flavors that we bring to the table i think you're just going to get sort of an eclectic record uh i wanted to bring this up as well you i saw you guys post this on instagram uh on vice news on hbo about two months ago uh weezer reviewed where the mind wants to go um what did you what did you think of that review hmm uh, it was cool. I mean, they made a joke about Nickelback, which I was a little like, eh. but then yeah. apparently that was a that was like a throwback joke from earlier in the show. It was kind of like a callback joke. They had already said it about a couple bands. So that uh, made me feel a little bit better. Oh, okay, um, okay, yeah. But just the fact that just the fact that Weezer was listening to us was was really cool. I mean, obviously, uh, I, you know, it's not hard to believe that we're all pretty big Weezer fans, especially like back in the day. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's just kind of cool to see a band that you followed since you were a, a kid you know reviewing your your stuff i had def i definitely wondered when when brian said is that nickelback i was like <laughs> what that doesn't sound yeah. like nickelback at all what are you talking about i didn't i, <laughs> I didn't... mean we were we were laughing about it we were trying not to get offended by it um but then uh, someone else like wrote in like we'll watch the whole episode they, they reviewed a couple other things too and they mentioned the same thing so. mm, like, that oh, makes okay. makes a lot more sense now i get it i get it uh, back to the actual album. The first single you guys have off the album is Silver Tongues uh, with Tillian, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did that become the single off of the album? And how did you decide to have the feature on the album? 
So we've been big fans of Tillian for a long time. We've been we the first national tour that we ever did, which was I think five or six years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, was Rock Yourself to Sleep tour that Dance Gavin Dance headlined. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we were on that tour with a lot like Birds and Hail the Sun, and who are now like two of our closest friends who we've toured with a million times too. Uh, we just had Hail the Sun out on our, our CD release headline mm-hmm. tour. Um, but yeah, we've been, you know, we've been friends with them for a long time and, and Tillian's a very, very talented dude. And, uh, we kind of wanted to bring him in just to, just, to, just to maybe do a co-write with them. We had never done co-writes and we were kind of nervous about it, but we we're like, you know, like we, we do it with a buddy of ours, you know, it could be just kind of fun. So yeah. we flew him out and when I picked him up from the airport, we were driving back. I was like, hey, so like we've got this song, the music's mostly written. I haven't started writing lyrics to it yet and I've, I was really apprehensive about writing lyrics with someone to begin with because mm-hmm. i've never done that and it gave me anxiety like <laughs> that's the part of, of our music that i feel really really strongly about you know about the message and what the lyrics are yeah um but i was like you know i could hear your voice on it you know i, I think it, it could be really cool to like write this write the song together keeping in mind that maybe you would have a feature mm-hmm. and he was like yeah i'm into that so we kind of wrote the whole song uh with with it in mind that he would probably do a couple of times which is which is why he has such a, a prominent feature. You know, it's not like he just drops in for a verse. Um, we wrote the whole song together, and and I think he he really liked the song and he felt strongly about it, and he wanted to have you know a, a, a major role in the song. So it's you know, if Tillian Pearson wants to wants to have a part in the song. You got to give it to him. Yeah, definitely. I, well, I tell you, that guy, he is. He is man pretty. What? He he needs to tone down his attractiveness a little bit. I was he reminds me a lot of a bad guy in an 80s comedy that no one would expect the, him to be the bad guy because he's too pretty. Yes. That's that I cuz I, I you know I was watching the video and I was like this guy when is this guy is is in the wrong biz. And it's it, so funny that you brought that up cuz uh for our headline tour we did like a VIP package and the VIP we did this really unique thing it was really cool we, we basically uh, talked people through every song on the new record mm-hmm. and like the inspiration behind it and you know little tidbits about it so when we were talking about Silver Tongues we had this part I think I talked about how hot Tillian is for half of it um, <laughs> it was kind of like it was kind of like this joke where, where Chris would talk about how, how beautiful of a man he is and pass the mic off to me and I would just ramble about how attractive Tillian is for like five <laughs> minutes and then get back to the, to the story but um, part of that that goes along with this was when we were filming the video for it mm-hmm. and uh, Tillian's call time was first and then my call time was a little later and then the boys were a little later mm-hmm. uh, and I so I show up to the video shoot and he's like already in costume which was these these little tiny shorts and this like skin tight shirt with his pecs just bulging out <laughs> and I just like walked in I was like god you gotta stand next to this guy <laughs> like, in a turtleneck <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, 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 he's a understandable man. Yeah, very talented. Great song, great, great end product there, Uh, and a great leading single for the album. Uh, Also on the album, I noticed in another interview, Blake said uh, he thought he felt a lot of musical influence for the new album. There was a good amount of uh, '80s vibes to it, and sort of synth stuff uh, for him. Would you say you got that vibe as well in the, in the music? From for, from him, yeah. His his contribution. He he got really into um, you know like programming and synths and stuff, and, and he got really into like synth 
sounds like from the 80s mm-hmm. kind of like vintage sounding stuff so uh yeah i mean a lot of the stuff that blake brought to the table as far as songwriting were like you know interesting synth sounds and like like 111 winchester um that initially started with Blake's yeah. idea. and you know we, we it was kind of fun just putting like instrumentation over the top of it because that's that's kind of fun too when someone brings you the song to the table and, and there were times even that i was debating like maybe we just thing it sounds cool but then just for fun you know we don't want to all just be standing there when we perform the song live so we, <laughs> we try to add all of our own unique elements to it and um you know that was kind of a thing with 111 winchester and the sound of breathing where it's like a, an initial idea where the whole song is basically written out in synth format and we you know change it and adapt it to become a rock song yeah now are you yourself a, a pretty big fan of 80s music you know, out of every decade of music, I would say '80s is probably my least favorite. Mm. If what, I if I had to pick like a least favorite decade, what's the, the most 80s. favorite decade? Oh shit! Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I love I love '70s. I'm I would probably if I'm being realistic, I would probably say '90s, just because yeah. like I'm a '90 I'm an '80s baby, so I'm a '90s kid. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, that's the decade that I started writing and playing music and first cds i first cd i ever bought i think was like everclear or something back in the yes, day yes yes um, santa monica the, dude that album's so good it's a good the, j- like the first lit record and the first like no doubt record there you go man i'm right with you i'm a, i'm a 90s bitch too i am i love i love 90s 70s is probably my second decade i'd have yeah. to say yeah 90s 70s a lot of parallels between the two decades actually um, 70s was just so good for like progressive rock music oh they moved it forward yeah moved it forward it was actually acceptable to have one of those songs you had you had rush's first big hits and and all these other uh great sort of yes and those other progressive bands um well speaking of uh speaking of great music coming around you guys got uh your tour coming up with our last night uh, which uh, we'll be making it down to Florida our way uh, on the 31st of March in Orlando. Now, have you guys ever played with our last night? We have not. We've never played with them. We've ne- we've never met them. Obviously, we've known who they who they were for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of nice. I heard like I, I'm hoping this isn't a lie because this is obviously like through the grapevine. But <laughs> our uh, our our bass player's ex girlfriend is friends with with them, and apparently they've been following us since like Carmen never sleeps, like since the beginning. So oh. it's kind of cool to know that you know they've at least appreciated our music for for a long time, and, and we've appreciated their music for a long time. I hear they're very sweet dudes. So yeah. Um. So we're stoked for that tour. It's also it's selling really well. Uh, nice. Little plug: if you if you are trying to buy tickets to it and you're listening to this, I would get them soon because it looks like if not all, most of the dates will sell out. And nice. we've actually already bumped up. I think like three or four of the venues have already actually bumped up to a bigger room because they sold out so quickly. Very nice. Now the the, so, the tickets are on on their website, right? On our last yeah, night's I, website. Yeah, you can go to our last night's website. Yeah, ourlastnight.com. Check out the tickets there. It's got uh, 24 different sites uh, over a month span, basically, from March to the beginning of April, you guys are going a- across the country. Um, so there's there's basically a, a, a spot everywhere in the country to check you guys out. Um, the album, Where the Mind Wants to Go, Where You Let It Go, it's out on CD, Apple, Spotify. Uh, Brent, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, right now we're actually going to hear that single from the album Silver Tongue by I the Mighty. Keep it locked on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Check out the podcast. Do it. The people in Sweden are. They are. You should too. You should too. How sweet of them. I've been waiting to say that since the first. Nice. The you held on to it. Way to yeah. hold on to it. That's yes. good keeping in the back pocket. Yes. Man, I the mighty Brent Walsh. Thanks for that guy coming in. Dude. That was a, a good, Solid. good guest. Burning Man went to Burning Man. We had that segment on Burning Man. Yeah. You remember the the breast milk segment? Yes. I was thinking about bringing that up to him, but he didn't. I, I was afraid he'd be like, no. You weirdo. No. I didn't do that. Yes, he did. Although he did bring up that story about rabbits, people dressing up as rabbits, and people dressing up as carrots and attacking each other. So, I mean, you know, that's close. That's not to the level of someone drinking breast milk, but still. Anyways, thanks to them. Going to be down here uh, the 31st in Orlando for a concert. Can't wait. Going to try to make it to that. Jam out. Right eye the mighty on my chest get thrown out Sh- shave your, or you should shave, shave it wait what shave it. i don't think i have enough chest hair to do that nope not enough only one way to find out yeah better try it out we'll try that out next show wow uh reminder next show the helmsman gonna be on can't wait nice. for that we've been you know we've been working with them for yeah. a long time trying to get them on the show they're gonna be on the show next week can't wait for it. it's gonna be good stuff also What's in the works? Want to tell you? He said he wanted to be on the show. Are you ready for this? Hmm. Rich Cho, general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. Say what? what? Yeah. Exactly. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. Now way. I know. Yeah. He's a foodie. He's excited to talk about food. He's a food blogger. He uh, he checks out food all over the country, writes reviews Why? on it. Yeah, Dang. Uh, we're we're talking food and we're talking basketball. All Dang right, it, we haven't set up a date, but be on the lookout, Doc G fans. It's coming. All right, guys, that's the end of the show. We've got to end it. Uh, it's been a fantastic show. Uh, I want to thank again, I the Mighty for for being on the show. I want to thank Claude Lathan for being on the show once yep. again, just giving us all that spectacular NBA info. But next week, we're going to have the Helmsman on, so you're going to want to stick around for that show. You're going to want to make sure you tune back in. Yes! All right? I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, has been Dave Burleyman Berlin. Yes, sir. Thanks, Doc G. And Justin, the Virgin Bat. Evangelista. Like a virgin. Touch for the very first time. Here nice. Very nice. All right, guys. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. <laughs> <laughs>